right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Paranormal Peeps podcast. We got, we got all the foul language out of our mouths, and dun, we, dun, we, dun. Think, we think we've got it out. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> no, we, 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 we're good kids. We'll be nice. Uh, running around the room, uh, to my left, the chair that is usually occupied by the lovely Elisa is housing my backpack, which is just occupying the space because Elisa... Got turned into his backpack. Yes. Um, she actually, we put her we put her in the backpack. Sorry. Her <laughs> husband's going to be like, what the heck happened to my wife? <laughs> we, we carved her anyway. <laughs> She's Elisa, not here. Elisa, when you listen to this, we really missed you. But uh, we're going to have fun anyway. So going back. So we have Elisa is not here, but who is here, which is even better. We have the magical and mystical. Josh. He's the wizard. Of Oz. <laughs> the wonderful wizard. He's sheetless right now, though. There's no sheet. <laughs> you know, the, I got, it's because I got scared sheetless. <laughs> you know, Wizard of Oz, he's behind the sheet. He's behind the, yeah. yeah. So Very he's much. the wizard, but without a sheet. So I know what he looks like. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> next to Josh. Is Jamie. The lovely Jamie. And then Terry, I'm here. Terry, she's my wife. So just have to tell you guys, Jamie is a so Josh is like the wizard. He's the one that does all of the cool editing, and he's the one that posts the show, and he's the one that produces all this. So this is all like his project. He's the the master that has that brings you this. And so if you don't like how it sounds, blame him. You can email Josh at paranormalhope.com. <laughs> But no, he does, all, he does a fantastic job, and I wouldn't even know how to do half of the things um, that he does. So a little silent applause, golf clap for Josh. Thank you, Josh. And then, Thank you. And then I have to throw this out. Uh, so every time we come here, uh, Josh and Jamie have our little studio set up in the basement. But Jamie feeds us every time we come, and she doesn't half-ass anything. It's good. <laughs> there was so many like Halloween-themed like treats and stuff tonight. I don't know. We're anyway. gonna have to post picture pictures oh, of all my that because, like, pictures to we be had a throwing up pumpkin, we had <laughs> a green brain, we had um, hand pies, hand pies. The devil eggs were like dragon dragon eggs. We had yeah, and then we had I don't. There was so much, so much. Jamie and, did a really good and, job. And my favorite was the uh, fruity pebbles rice krispies. <laughs> oh my gosh! Not Halloween themed at all. No, she, not she even Halloween <laughs> color. Not even Halloween. She even themed. homemade like tortilla chips in the shapes of like cauldrons and witches' hats and brooms and pumpkins and oh the books they were so good the marsh the s'mores that oh there was the books with the from Hocus Pocus yeah it was like a square marshmallow and a graham cracker all dipped in chocolate and then it looks like the book from, yeah, yep from it. Hocus Pocus anyway such fantastic stuff. And so, and so now we're full and, and high on hyper. sugar, and <laughs> like always. It's getting good work. It's Jamie's goal every time. <laughs> it's been a success. So right. if I seem hyper, it's Jamie's fault. <laughs> That's okay. We'll keep her. Well, we'll keep her as long as she keeps feeding us. Yeah. Well, my even, pleasure. Really, even if she didn't feed us, we would yeah. still come. So, anyway, well, we're here. We're going to talk about some scary stuff this time. Because it's, it's a paranormal podcast, and we should talk about scary things. And it's October, so it's like our month-long Christmas. I mean, we could talk about scary stuff like not being able to find your other shoe <laughs> when you're late. Or losing your losing dowsing your, rods at Benson Chris Mill. What? 
He did. Yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. His light up ones. What? They're gone. Somebody found them and. Yeah. Just Are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. Uh, yeah. Last time? Yeah. Dude, that bites. I know. Do you know where you left them? Uh, either the amphitheater or the top, big mill, and they haven't found them. Okay, so, yeah, sorry, that's a bummer. So if you did uh, find, if you've been to Benson Grist Mill, you did find Josh's rods, please let us know. Please give them back to him because they have special sentiment. They were given to him by... His wife. His wife. <laughs> so, but that, that that sucks. So, anyway. Well, tonight we are going to talk about, uh, because it's uh, October, it's Spooktober. Uh, we thought we'd talk about some uh, spookier stuff. Uh, not just Halloween, not just uh, Smashing Pumpkins, not just uh, Tricks and Treats. We're going to talk about castles. And you're like, wait, what? Castles aren't scary. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> castles are totally creepy. <laughs> like every horror movie out there has got, got some kind of like creepy castle. Okay. Or Who would not investigate a castle in Scotland she's when he pointing, was there? She's pointing at me <laughs> when we were in Scotland. Like we told this We've story We've told the story several times and I hold it over your head and, and we'll hold and it over your head the rest sh- of your life. Never let me forget it. <laughs> castles I was, are scary. Because I was scared of ghosts at the time. Mm-hmm. It was creepy enough being in the castle. It was a very creepy anyway, castle. It was a very, okay? very creepy and then, castle. And then you want to go back at night yep. in the pitch black dark. Absolutely. Now I'm like hell yeah, <laughs> like this then when you're when you're walking through in the daytime and they have an object that the sign in front of it that says trigger object do not touch. You want to go back and see what that trigger I object is I wanted to go to the for. next room right? as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree with Mike. At the t- at the time that he went there, I was still scared of ghosts as well, and I would have I'd have been like ah. Uh-uh. It's a it's a transformation period. I mean, most it fear is a good thing, right? What keeps us safe? What keeps us safe? Now I'm an idiot. <laughs> just run headlong. It's like, what? There's a ghost? Hey, we're there. <laughs> so we just got to go back now. Yes. If anybody yeah. would like to fund our Scotland trip, go to Patreon. <laughs> just, <laughs> no. just we, we aren't one of those. We're not one of those. Podcasts. We're not that. Um, no. Tonight we're going to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Dracula's castle. We were just watching uh, uh, Fright Night uh, last night. And didn't even finish it. We all fell asleep at our house. But you guys used the movie Fright Night? Nope. Roddy no. McDowell? Nope. Mm-hmm. Basic story is the kid uh, is there and he, see, he watches all these horror movies, all these Dracula movies and stuff. And then he notices that there's a coffin being moved into the basement of the house next door. And then, you know, women show up in taxi cabs. And then. All these stories of these women being killed. And then all these women disappear. And he and finds out his next door neighbor. He sees them loading bodies in the back vampire. of the car. <laughs> yeah, so the next door neighbor's a vampire. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played by Chris, Humber- uh, Chris Sarandon, uh, Prince Humperdinck. Is the vampire. From uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, he's the vampire. <laughs> he is the vampire. Right on. <laughs> so, sorry. I went off on a big tangent on that one. All right, so let's talk about Dracula's castle, Josh. Yes. Um, it's it. Where, Which one? What, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's that's the crazy part, right? Because there's actually multiple. Well, if you go and you Google Dracula's castle, there's one that always pops up as yes. Dracula's castle. Yeah, yes. First one that pops up when you Google it. Where is that one located, Terry? Romania. No, <laughs> nope. The first one that pops up. Farmington, Utah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Actually, that's not what I got when I searched When it. you the, first Google it, the Dracula's Castle in Farmington, Utah pops up at the Lagoon. First, the first the first one <laughs> that popped on the top when I thought was hilarious. Oh, Josh is going to Google it right now. 
Maybe it's the filters at work. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, the first one that popped up was Dracula's Castle. Just type Dracula's in Dracula's Castle. Castle. Yep. Right there. Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the right. There. Look on the right. Look on the right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever look at Google Maps. Oh, I look at the pictures. <laughs> I have a Dracula's Castle at Lagoon. So for those of you who are not in Utah, we have an amusement park here. It's kind of like Disneyland, but about... Well, oh, you the... can't even compare this no, to no, Disneyland. No. It's more like Six Flags <laughs> if no, Six Flags more... was really No, bad. it's more like Knott's Berry Farm. It's even lower than Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, it's, it's not. I was going to say it's like Disneyland, but about an eighth the size. <laughs> it's Actually, not as fun. size-wise, it's not that far off, but it just isn't as... Cool? It's not the magical. same epic level. It's not magical. It's not near as expensive. It's only like what seventy bucks it's to get in. Like about seventy seventy five dollars to get in. Yeah. So do you know for like thirty five dollars more, you can go to Disneyland. Uh huh. <laughs> no, but then I have to drive like six hundred miles. <laughs> nine like hours. Nine nine and a half hours from yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. But worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Is um, it? I Absolutely. Love it. Cali- I love it. It's in California, though. I don't know. It's the only reason why I go to California. That would be the only reason to go to that, California. Yep. That and the Winchester that, Mystery and, House. And Alcatraz. And Alcatraz. And Queen and Mary. Queen Mary. Yeah. Well, now that we're all ghosty people, though, but back before I was ghosty, it was just Disneyland. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, Dracula's Castle is the first one that comes up when you Google it. Yeah. That's so. funny. That's interesting. Because I always looked on the left. I never even looked on the right for the, at the Google Maps. Well, thing. that's for outside of Utah. I'm pretty sure it doesn't come up. That fast because it's, probably not. It's, yeah. it's a Utah it's, it's thing. True. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Google does take all that into effect. You know, stuff near you. So I don't know if you've never seen it, never been there. You get in these little cars, and it's like a little haunted attraction that goes on a track. The little car you get in looks like a Pontiac Fiero <laughs> from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, you, just, you go around, and, and last time I was, there, it was like really, really warm. Down oh no, it's awful. But. We're not talking about that Dracula's castle. I don't know. That one was used to scare me when I was a kid. <laughs> it could be scary. Could be scary now because you're worried it's going to break. The animatronic stuff, it's like worn out. the horse yeah. that doesn't have skin on it anymore, because it's all just <laughs> worn in out. need in need of a uh, of an update. But no, so the the one that is most commonly attributed to Dracula, Josh, which one's that one? That not, is not the, Lagoon. No, that is the one that's in uh, Romania, in Transylvania. Transylvania. So I used to think Transylvania was a different country. It's not. It's Romania, but it's like a state within Romania. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's an area. Yeah. So, what? yeah. I mean, Transylvania has been like, it's, I don't know, forever, you know, any horror movie out, like even cheesy ones, like usually for oh, yeah. take, you know, take place in Transylvania. Like even Bugs Bunny and had time in Transylvania. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. Was a, but no, you're, you're, you're right. It's like every episode of whatever, everything is scary. It's like, we go to Transylvania. Yeah. And it's all because of one man, really, like uh, Bram Stoker, when he wrote his uh, famous uh, Dracula book. Yeah. And, and, and that's why we know it I never at read, all. never read the book, but I did see Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie. I have. With Gary Oldman. I have never read the book. Really? And I haven't seen the movie. You haven't seen the movie? I haven't either. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why this doesn't surprise you. We have all learned Josh does not watch movies. I'm all about <laughs> movies because I never learned how to read. And so I have to watch the movies. And so in Bromstack, it's because Gary Oldman as Dracula. So it's it's good stuff. It's a great show. And then there's the interview with a vampire, which I think is also Transylvania. 
haven't mm. seen that one either. Very, I have seen that one. With a very sexy Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. I don't vampires. like Tom Cruise. Really? Mm. Things you learn about your paranormal investigator friend. It's because you have, have you seen Rock of Ages? Yeah. Well, no, we love Rock of Ages, mainly because of the music. Yeah. Oh my gosh, him and Stacy Jacks. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he did really well in there. I, I'm not saying I don't like him as an actor. It's just, you know, growing up, all my friends used to think he was cute and have posters on the walls. Because of Top Gun. I, w- I wasn't one of those. Yeah, I, I didn't find him yeah. attractive. Yeah. You, you can just go, Taps. you know, completely childish and go Hotel Transylvania. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's where I would go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to my childhood, and I'm, I'm, I'm going. Don't know if I'm going to see the fourth one, but the, three, the first three were good. Um, I'm going to the commercials for Count Chocula. <laughs> yeah, but was he in? Or, was he really in Transylvania or somewhere else? Okay. Well, then fine. Then we'll go with my favorite vampire, the mathematician, the Count. Count. In so Transylvania, and oh, he that's was true. in Transylvania. That's true. You know how many castles they were? They were a trip. So talk about there was multiple castles. How many castles were there? Uh, at least five. Let's, let's see. One, one castle for Dracula. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Two. Two Dracula's castles. I'm just. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you, Jamie gave us sugar, and my mind is like all over the place. <laughs> he just wants more sugar. But that's why he wants Count like Chocula. I'm like a, I'm like a kid with ADD on sugar. <laughs> but the, the the castle that is credited as being Dracula's castle, right? Yeah, right. Um, the one that describes in the book that that's, like all that that it's described in the book. Yeah, is um is is in. Uh, Transylvania, it's Braun Castle, or, mm-hmm. or in Romania, in Romania, mm-hmm. Castellulbron, and uh, they they do it up. They've uh, they've decked out the place. They they just the whole town near it. They do the whole vampire thing. They love it. Oh, they've totally turned it into a total tourist trap because of the book. Yeah, hundred percent. They eat it up like crazy. All right, so tell us more about uh, about Braun, Braun Castle. Castle. <laughs> Or we'll call it German Schloss Braun. Um, yeah, so the the castle was actually uh, it, it's actually quite ancient. Um, the before the castle we see today was built uh, back in twelve eleven. Wow, that is like a long time ago, right? The uh, the Teutonic Knights, uh, they're a Catholic religious order formed in Palestine during the late twelfth century. Uh, they were like German Crusaders. Um, they were uh, gifted this land uh, where the Braun Castle is, and it was re- there to actually um, defend the border, uh, the southern border of the of the area. So they erected a fortress there, and so that they could you know protect the area. It wasn't like it's not what we see today. That that cast that fortress doesn't exist anymore. No, now it's a lovely uh, museum that houses uh, art and furniture that's that was collected by Queen Marie. And uh, yep. you can go uh, do your own guided tour, or I think you can get guided tours. But yeah, and uh, it's uh, seven euro to uh, to do a guided tour of the castle. So, um, but even the castle we see today, right, the one that you can go in there now, isn't what was uh, occupied or what was originally built either. No, no. Well, the original one it was built. It was in two thousand, not two thousand. Is in twelve twelve. No, that one's gone. Yeah, they used to, I said the original one. The, the, yeah, the wooden. Uh, yeah, it, it was the Utah with the Teutonic order. Yeah, and it was destroyed by the Mongols in twelve forty two. 
So the one that we see today, or at least part of what we see today, was actually built in 1388. Um, which is still so which is old. Not, it's not that old. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. 600, 700, or you know, 700. Oh, gosh. I think us Americans have a really hard time wrapping our brain around stuff that's that old. Because our country is only Because our country is not that old. Years. No. We don't have stuff that old in our country. No, we're only 200 and some years old. So mm-hmm. anything... Anything in our country that is 600 years old is... is From somewhere else. Somewhere else or Native American, mm-hmm. right? And so, and even then, even then, most of that stuff isn't that old. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's so hard to wrap our mind around uh, those pieces. Um, but it... No, it, yeah. So... What date did you have for the, ne- for the next one was being built? The date for it being built? Yeah. 1388. Is when, okay. it, when it was completed. I was going to say, though, that it was actually... It took 11 years to complete. Yeah, so it's the 1377. Yeah, so 13... Yeah. I found facts. Facts. Uh, so the uh, Hungarian King Louis the Great, he actually issued a decree to build the castle, um, and the, it took 11 years to put this thing together, which is amazing because like, you're talking about tools and stuff that were built, that were used to build in the That's 1300s. hard manual labor. Yeah. <laughs> it does not yeah. exist these days. No. Only 11 years. No. So. And what's really cool is um, I don't have any pictures of the castle, but uh, there's these beautiful Byzantine arches in, in the, uh, inside the castle grounds. And the master craftsmen, when they, they were in charge of building these arches, and so what they do is they put up these scaffolding uh, to form in the archways. And then him and you know his apprentices would stack everything up and build these arches. But in order to remove all of the scaffolding and make sure it stood proper, the master craftsman would stand in the middle of the arch as they removed the scaffolding. So if you had bad workmanship, you were going to be crushed. Sucks to be you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was, was he pressure. standing under it or on top of it? No, under, under it. it. Under it. So, so he's standing there under the keystone. Under the keystone. Okay. And so if they did bad work, he was going to get crushed to death. Mm-hmm. So talk about, you know, really talk about That's standing trust, by your work. Just trusting your, your crew. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, but it's really, I mean, you talk about like that, that type of craftsmanship. I mean, you're talking about 1388. That building still stands today. Yeah. Things are built to last. Yeah. And those things were built. uh, Most of the original structure is still standing today. Like there's been some refurb and stuff that's happened, but like the, those wooden archways, I mean, not wooden, good gracious, the stone archways and the stone walls and stuff have, have stood. Mm -hmm. And it's been used for lots of things too. So like in uh, 1438, if I'm jumping too far ahead, you tell me. No, you're fine. Um, In from 1438 to 1442, granted, I mean, this is just a few years ago, but the castle was used in defense against the Ottoman Empire, which I have no idea what the Ottoman Empire is, honestly. Furn- uh, furniture people. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of footstools. Um, uh, yes. No, they were, uh, the Ottoman Empire was the main ruling force in the, in the 1400s, so it would have been... Uh, they controlled, like, all of Turkey, uh, a lot of... Um, Parts of Europe, parts of Russia, like they had a pretty extensive empire. I mean, it's just impressive how far people go. You know, like the Mongols, you know, turn on the first one. That's from Mongolia. Yeah, it's the other side of like the whole landmass. That's crazy. Sorry, I'm fascinated and hyper. 
Um, but uh, and then later, after the, was the defense against the Ottoman Empire, um, my notes tell me that it was a customs post on the mountain pass between Transylvania and Wallachia. That's like which, that's actually Wallachia. So in Romanian, W's okay are V's. I'm, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna do it. Valachia. There you go. I, I, it doesn't sound more like Latin to me <laughs> yeah. when I say it. That's just like my Scottish goes to Australian real fast and then Cockney and then turns to Hispanic. So it's just not very good. It's terrible. <laughs> I can't even do a Utah accent. Anyway, so, but Valachia. Valachia. Valachia, maybe? Valachia? Valachia was also, uh, the, we know one of the main uh, people from Valachia, the Prince of Valachia, was a man named Vlad Dracul. And he was pretty cool. No, he wasn't. He was pretty cool. the, people, the people loved him. Well, yeah, cool is in your name. Dracul. But he's, that means the cool. Like, yes. I'm Vlad the cool, yeah! But he was actually... So if we're talking about Vlad Tepes, who's also known as Vlad the Impaler, um, he's actually the third Vlad. Well, yeah. So There's, his dad was actually Vlad um, Dracul. So he just borrowed and, it. Also, his dad was cool. Well... <laughs> my my here's, is not nearly as cool as I am. I'm sorry. Here's what's interesting, though, is Dracul in the, in the language actually means the devil. So Vlad the Impaler is actually the son of the devil. The devil's cool. <laughs> it's like silence. silence. <laughs> I'm trying to not be disruptive. I'm so, sorry. But th- the thing is, is though, Vlad only Vlad never actually lived in the castle. He visited the castle on a couple different occasions, but he never actually really lived. In the castle, it wasn't his permanent home. It was like where he came and like did like book tours and like signed autographs and actually where he ran from the Turks. Blessed the people that were there with with sticks and <laughs> sharp sticks, pointy, <laughs> sharp sticks and sharp pointy sticks. But it is Vlad's reign, Vlad's time, right? Mm-hmm. That Bram Stoker got the name for Dracula, or the he's the one that they based. He's the one that they he based Dracula off of. So it makes me wonder. Oh, supposedly. If, so it makes me wonder if, if Bram Stoker, like, really, what's the word? Valinified? Like a good person. Was, maybe Vlad wasn't near as bad, but just like you get the right author and it just makes him look like a total turd. No, I think history like, like, like proves Mac, that he was a well, total like turd. Macbeth, right? Macbeth was actually an ancestor of mine. His name was Macbeth McFinley. But, you know, he was actually a good king. But then that Shakespeare guy comes up, you know, from. England, Will Shakespeare, Bill, and Bill made him look like a dork. So maybe Bram Stoker, just playing devil's advocate, Dr- Dracul's advocate. Dracul's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is that Vlad, so when Vlad came to power, he he ended up needing a way to unite the country. And when he took, when he took uh, the throne, essentially, from his, when he succeeded from his father... Um, there the country was actually run by a bunch of princes, and the princes didn't. They're the ones that were used to being in power, so they didn't really much care for someone coming up to challenge their reign. So what Vlad did 
was he invited them all to his castle and then killed them all. Yep. He invited them over for a party. A feast. It was a red wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a la Carrie style. Um, and then he impaled all of them. Yes. And uh, that what part of the reason why he's called the impaler. Um, but that's how per, he, it was his preferred preferred method of killing. Yes, yeah. um, which in in lots of ways is uh, quick and I won't say painless, no. but it was quick. You know, well, you, you it, take a sharpened stick and you shove it into somebody; they die within minutes. Right. Depends so on where you shove it depends on which and which hole. end. That's true. <laughs> so the sharp end was a quick death. Minutes, yeah. Minutes, but. You flip that around, and you got the rounded end, and they'd lube it up, and then they spread your legs apart, and then they'd insert it, and it'd take you a day or two. You'd sit on it. Yep. Yeah. Sit and spin. That's right. So. That is awful. That is awful. Then that is brutal. I mean, who thinks of this stuff? Come on. Well, obviously Vlad did. Obviously, but come on. (laughs) People that are really messed in the head. Yes. Yeah. Um, But that's, I mean... And th- that like those things are bad enough, but the part that is like uh, is crazy. Is like someone from the uh, never mind. <laughs> Mike's lost it. Captain's log. <laughs> <laughs> Captain's got a bigger one. <laughs> hey, what were you saying, Josh? Sorry. Continue no. with your um, thought. Do you want me to leave? Come, no, you're fine. Come back. Um, no, what what's uh, what's crazy is like. Like those parts are bad enough, right? But when he was when he was down with his uh, his other one of his other castles, um, he was defending he was defending against the Turks, right? So he was trying to protect the southern border of his town ta- of his country, and he was going to get overrun. And so what he ended up doing is he ended up impaling twenty thousand people. That is ridiculous. And left them, and then he fled his castle. That is ridiculous. Absolutely so ridiculous. So many people. Mm-hmm. Um, Why? Did he just not like that many people, or what was the, what was the purpose? <laughs> the purpose was the purpose of doing it was to terrify the Turks, and it worked. Okay. Yeah. So the Turks came up. They saw twenty thousand bodies. It was basically a forest of the dead. Mm-hmm. And then they left. Ugh. So, like. Just absolutely atrocious. Um, there's actually a picture of of him, and he's sitting at a table eating dinner, and it's a drawing. It's a drawing, yeah. right? And then next to him are is the forest of the impaled. Ugh. As he's eating, as he's eating his dinner, couldn't do it. No. So there was lots of like rumors that he was a cannibal and he would eat. He would eat the. Yeah, but they said that was false. Right. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't that that uh, type of person. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was, he was a lot of things. What if he tried it once? Never know. You never. Well, that's true. I mean, it's he's true. not alive to tell us today, right? No. So, uh, but those were those other castles, and so that's where like you get this interesting piece because you get Vlad, who's the the personification of of Dracula for these for these you know, for the story and a castle that he visited. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking two pieces of history and putting it into one story. 
Yeah. So, but that bring but that brings us up to the 1600s, roughly. 1459. Uh, Vlad actually had the city suburbs burned and murdered hundreds of of Saxons, uh, provoking the Saxon community to seek revenge. And that is actually how he ended up eventually potentially meeting his demise. He actually went to battle and he died in battle. But they don't know whether he died in battle or was actually murdered. Right. So first he sacked the Saxons and then the Saxons sacked sacked him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um just goes to show be nice to people. Yeah. Right? Don't put people on sticks and don't, they won't kill you. Don't poke people. Didn't he <laughs> He poked a lot of bears and cut off a lot him. of noses too? Oh. Didn't he, he like cut off I don't know how many of the noses and he sent them to somebody. It was in the thousands. Yeah. He sent it he actually sent it to the leaders of the Turks. Yeah. As a way of of uh like discouraging them from attacking. Yep. So he was really into the psychological warfare. Was that of like things. is that why when you go to like hotels they ask how many noses? Have you ever heard that term? No. How many people no. are staying? It's like, well, we got these. It's like how many noses? Yeah. It's like this, this room sleeps eight people, and every nose in that room counts, even if they're an infant. But what if they yeah. don't have a nose? Uh-huh. What if you have no nose? Nobody Like knows. Voldemort. <laughs> like, yeah, Voldemort doesn't have a nose. Or what about the man without a face? He has a face. The invisible man. He has a man. nose that just doesn't look like yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. But it just goes to don't be annoying. Treat I, think, I think he probably just got rid of all the annoying people. Yeah. What if they were all the diseased people and they were just like, it was like actually like saving his country from these people who were ultimately just, I don't know. But maybe, why would you was, take their nose as a maybe trophy? Maybe it was humane. I don't know. I'm just trying to be the Dracul's advocate. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one uh, for that man. Um, I'm sure his mom still loved him. <laughs> he probably impaled her when she made him take a nap. <laughs> and you're gone, Mom. So in 1651, uh, the Saxons uh, actually purchased the right to use the castle for 10 years for a thousand florins. And so the king actually accepted the purchase because he didn't have any money. Uh, he was broke because of the war efforts. And so uh, he's like, yep, you can borrow it, you know, use it for 10 years on a lease. And that was, and so in 1691, uh, the castle's lease was extended several times and uh, after the Ottoman conquest of the Hungarian kingdom in 1541 Brasov uh, managed on April uh, 1651 to sell the castle to Greg George, George Greg to George II um, and Transylvania became a part of the Habsburg Empire um in 1687. Although Transylvania became part of the Habsburg Empire since 1687, the promises offered by the princes of Transylvania, including the 1651 sale of the castle, were reconfirmed uh, by Leopold Diploma. So just just to backtrack, how many florin did you say? 1,000. 1,000. So, Terry, she's my wife, she she googled what a florin was to, to see if, yeah. It's a coin that's worth about two shillings. Now, what is a shilling worth? I have no idea, but I've heard of it. 
That's not a lot of money. No, it sounds like it was like... So he sold it for 2,000 shillings, so 20 pounds? It's like a scriptural story about like a mess of pottage or something, you know? Just A shilling is like, like, a, like a fraction of a pound. Bad, how okay, bad so... do you have to be financially that you're like, I'll sell you this kingdom, for, or I'll sell you this 20 bucks. What do you got? Is, is that 150 euro? That's a do- that's a, a one point five euro, which is one point five euro for a shilling. That's, that's, that's a, what a florin would be worth today. Would be one point five. Oh, euro. so it's actually worth more than a euro. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but an euro is about what one fifty worth a dollar fifty. Yeah, it depends on the exchange. So, I mean, still we're talking about a relatively small amount of money. About three grand. Yeah. Yeah. But back then, though, that's yeah, man, that's a fair amount of money. But like you're talking about like this is the kingdom though, right? This is like a whole. Well, yeah, but he didn't. Rent, he just rented out the castle. So just the castle. Just the castle, not the kingdom itself. But still, like that's like saying, "Hey, borrow this castle." But maybe you know, if you're if you're kind of broke. Well, and that's that's something yeah. that was very common. Royals all throughout history usually broke. That's why they had to do, why they had to tax all their people, and why they had to do all these campaigns and these wars, just to try to. Get loot because they couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta replenish everything. You mean I'd have to work? No, let's just go sack the other country. And by sacking and, and take their twenty dollars. Yeah, and <laughs> and force them, force my people to go sack them, so I don't have to pay them anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so then in seventeen twenty three, so we're actually moving up in years. Uh, the reno- uh, renovation was completed on the north tower of the castle. Um, the castle was damaged over time, often by sieges and otherwise by common negligence or even uh, by forces of nature. Uh, for example, in 1593, there was an explosion on the powder mill, and in 1617, a severe storm damaged, destroyed the roofs. So the castle was also underwent re- reconstruction during the reign of Gabriel Bethlen, when the gates tower, uh, the round tower, and the dungeon were all renovated so renovating yeah. dungeons is important does yeah. that say that doesn't say dungeon dungeon that says dungeon d-o-n-j-o-n dungeon you said dungeon don john don john don john that was the spanish conquistador don johnson don john <laughs> interesting um, that was the guy they hired to renovate the, the dungeon. <laughs> Don John. Don John. <laughs> um, but heated manacles for all the prisoners. And then kind of like, like, so you're talking about a, a castle that's basically just been... Passed around. Passed around, but also like neglected. Uh, you know, that's not, that's actually very common too. If you look at a lot of, a lot of castles now, I mean, granted, they're old. And they're not much left. But yeah, but the ones that are still standing are always in such need of repair just because, well, it's not like they were built with the, the modern things. Actually, it's amazing that they still stand because they were built with, not with the modern stuff. Modern stuff doesn't stand very long. Yeah. You know, but yeah. It's, those, it, it, it's right. Because like, and I was even mentioning this to Jamie the other, the other night. Um, I was like, you know, how amazing is it? Because like today houses, if you leave a house, like if you just abandon a house and don't turn the heat on or the water or, and you just let it sit to the elements. In like five years the place is destroyed. We are seeing that over our back fence right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yes. But, Sorry. And but, that's only been since mid-August. Right. Yeah. 
But then you look at like these castles and this thing was built in the 1300s. It's 600 and some years old and it still stands. Yeah, but it's That's also made out of upkeep. stone. That's true. How, that does help. It helps yeah. a lot. Yeah. But I mean, what didn't have, I mean, they could have used wood, but like, you know, I mean, obviously well, wood's the, not going to stand well, against yeah, a siege. The, the first one was made out of wood. Yeah. So, well, that lasted. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, the most moist, 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 <laughs> most castles you will find uh, that are standing are usually doing fundraisers to try to get up enough funds to restore and to. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like my yeah. clan's castle right now is being leased by the city that it's in for well, like a 50 year lease. And they're just trying just just constant fundraisers to just save the castle. Well, and wow. and it makes sense though because like these places are big and they're huge and they're expensive, and like in modern era they're millions and tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars um, to buy, and then then you got to try to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Like the funding, there's just not a lot of funding for it. No, no, but all those old, I mean, anything made out of stone back then, you know, has always something's gone under some restoration restoration. Because yeah. when we were at the Roslyn Chapel. It was completely covered because they were trying to let it dry out because the stone had sucked up so much of the elements. That's the way it had changed colors. They had like a giant tent over top of it. It was kind of Oh, cool. wow. Yeah, like a big pavilion. There was thing. scaffolding and there was a big, huge like metal structure over the top of it to try to protect it from the rain and the weather because it had soaked up so much already and they were trying to let it dry out. Jeez. You know, the Roslyn Chapel is how old? Fifteen hundreds no at least. I mean, I know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you're still five hundred. Fourteen hundreds even. Yeah. So you're five hundred plus years old. Yeah, and it's amazing. And it still stands. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's what I think, and that, and I mean, that's what's crazy to think is like, you go to Europe, like uh, from all over Europe. There's there's castles, there's buildings, there's there's cathedrals, there's things that were built in the twelve hundreds, thirteen hundreds that still stand today, and you can see them, and it's just like this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just a sidetrack. So we're going through, you know, we're Terry and I, we're LDS. And uh, in Utah, you see, you know, Mormon churches, LDS churches, and they're this typical cut cookie cutter. You can, you can tell them a mile away when you see one, right? We're in Edinburgh, Scotland, <laughs> and there's all these fantastic old cathedrals that have been there for Amazing hundreds of years. Cathedrals. I mean, just, you know, beautiful artwork and well, stuff. Well, just even Rosalind Chapel. Even, you know, yeah. But, and then right you're there. just. You're driving, you're like, old cathedral, old cathedral, old cathedral. So, oh, look. There's a Mormon church. 1970s <laughs> circa Mormon church right there. Red, red, red brick and... Same color brick and carpet is back in Utah. <laughs> wow. It's, and it's, it's just, I don't know. Sorry. I digress. <laughs> so, in 1836, I would call this as like a catastrophe hitting uh, Braun Castle. Um, they lost their military and their commercial importance. Because um, the border between Transylvania and Wallachia uh, was moved to the mountains, and so it was moved further south. And because of that, uh, Braun ceased to be a border and a customs point into Austria-Hungary, and so the castle continued. Uh, the, but the castle continued its administrative seat. But you know, because it's no longer a border stop, because it no, no longer has that importance, like you start, it's like, why is it even here? They're not getting the foot traffic they used to get. No, exactly. Yeah. And so, like I said, that and that was back in 1836. So, you know, 100 and 
18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, we, like, you know, what I consider modern era. <laughs> like the U.S. was around <laughs> in 1836. U.S. existed yeah. by then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then between 1883 and 1886, the imperial authorities agreed uh, at the assistance of the Brasov inhabitants to repair damages made to the castle during the revolution of 1848 and during the Russo-Turkish War of 1877. The extensive re- restoration work was carried out. The extensive re- uh, restoration work was carried out, uh, and then in 1888, the city administration of Brasov transferred the castle to the region's forestry. So for 30 years, the castle fell into decay. It was inhabited up to 1918 by the foresters, woodsmen, and forest inspectors coming to Brasov. So they just basically gave it to people who just didn't care. Yeah. But it gets a it gets a good face left from here, and it's, some much more responsible inhabitants, absolutely, or snobby inhabitants. I don't know, royalty. Yes, go for it. So um, it was it was actually occupied by Hungary through a lot of that time too. And with the 1920 Treaty of Trianon, I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure, but Hungary lost Transylvania, and the castle became the royal residence within the Kingdom of Romania. Um, after being given to the royal house by the Saxons of the Kronestadt Brazov. So but these people who owned it, these woodsman people, these poor people said, here, you can take this this place that's probably reeks and is really dilapidated and you can make it your your own personal palace. Um, they had no more use for it, no interest in financing all the, the damage and everything. And so it became the favorite home and retreat of Marie of Romania. Who was actually British, by the way. Well, the name like Marie, you know, doesn't sound Romanian. No. Um, but she ordered the, its extensive renovation and conducted by a, Ch- a Czech architect. And uh, the castle was inherited by her daughter, Princess Ileana, who ran the hospital there in World War II, was later seized by the communist regime with the expulsion of the royal family in 1948. Again, it just keeps trading hands, right? It does, um, but Marie was like, she was beloved by everybody around. Well, of like, course, she was like, she was super, uh, she was super popular. She was also a nurse, um, and that's I, and that's what kind of like endeared her to the population. It's it's weird to be a, just to see a royal that the people actually liked. <laughs> I don't think that happens very often. Yeah, I. <laughs> But the fact that they're turning, she's turning her hosp- her home, right, her castle, into a hospital during World War II. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that is pretty cool. Um, and you know, it was she named it the Hospital of the Queen's Heart. That's so, so that's so tender. Yeah, so tender. <laughs> um, and it served the treat. Like it served for the treatment of the wounded. Um, after the Red Cross Hospital was bombed by Americans. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Go America. <laughs> yes. Dirty Oops. Americans. <laughs> um, yeah, that's bad. Uh, but the hospital continued to treat people <laughs> wounded and maimed in the war. It's World War II. It's all bad. <laughs> yeah, it was all bad. Um, it's actually interesting to see uh, something from the other side, right? From their viewpoint? From their viewpoint. Right, because so often, 
you know, you only look at it or any kind of type of conflict from from your country's point of view. And so it's interesting to see that unfortunately in this incident well, but we don't know end. why it was bombed maybe they actually had you know Nazis in there I don't know or just accidental I don't know um, the prince uh, yeah so the princess Ileana herself cared for patients as a nurse and even operated in the hospital uh, she continued to work with great efforts until January of 1948 and then the uh, Russians kicked him out so um so it was seized by a communist regime, and the, yeah, the royal family was kicked out in '48. Um, the next thing that comes up on my notes is 2005. Oh, I got 1956. Hey, you go first. So, uh, Braun Castle was transformed uh, by the communist authorities into a museum. Uh, it had three departments: the castle, which contained pieces of royal heritage, the medieval customs, and ethnography. Uh, like in Bailey. Ethnography. Like it, like medieval customs, like like impaling. Yes, like impaling. Ooh, uh, the rack, you know, the fun the stuff. The impaling room, uh, and include traditional houses in the park near the castle. Um, so in 1990, getting getting into our lifetime now. I, I, I remember 1990. <laughs> so do I. A couple of years ago now, uh, Princess Terry, Ileana. Terry doesn't remember 1990. <laughs> I just want to forget it. <laughs> we all want to forget 1990. Uh, the Princess Ileana, who since 1961 lived in a convent and was ordained as Mother Alexandria, or, yeah, Alexandria, uh, visited Braun Castle and witnessed the damaged buildings and loss of some of the interwar construction. Uh, she died shortly after in 1991 and was buried in an Orthodox monastery of Transfiguration Elwood City, Pennsylvania. Was she founded and was she was the abbess? In her grave was placed in a in her grave was placed a small box containing earth from the foot of Braun Castle, collected uh, when she was uh, exiled. So, uh, and then in 1993, the castle restoration begins. Uh, sorry, the castle restoration works, which had started in 1987, were finished. So finally it was uh, finished being restored and it was reopened as a museum. And so it's what you see today, essentially. Yep. Since June 1st, uh, 2009, it's been uh, opened up to the public as a private museum. Yep. Um, and recently they actually had a contest um, to where you could, uh, for a, a, two people, you could actually win... Uh, a night stay in the ho- in, in the museum. What? I didn't know of this. And your bed was a coffin. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a velvet-lined coffin. Yeah. That was back in, like, 2016. Sickos. Uh, That's a no. bit much. It's a hard no. Yeah. Hard no. I was like, in until the coffin part. Right? Like, I, like, I got to stretch out. Like I gotta yeah. like stretch out just a little bit, like sleep in like a like in a casket. No, I, get, I'm good. I get claustrophobic. Yeah, that would just be not fun. I think they need to do the whole string thing like they did in, in you know in the in the the Britons, you know, when you bury them and they have the string that goes down in the coffin. So oh, so you can pull the, the bell, ring the bell, ring, ring the bell, and say it's too tight. Let me out. Didn't they used to put like those iron cages over the graves too? They still do in Transylvania, actually. Do they? They do. 
Uh, and that was to prevent the uh, the vampires from rising from the grave and getting out. Yeah. Um, they would also... Uh, to do, wait, 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 what was that? <laughs> so they put these iron cages over the graves? Actually, no. No? No. So I, I learned about this in another show I did once. Um, maybe they did do it for vampires. They did it for vampires in Transylvania. In, in, Transylvania. in England and in Scotland, there was so many instances of... Um, grave robbery. Bo- grave robbery and yeah. body snatching. And so they put... The wealthier people would put those big cages around it mm-hmm. and, so that you couldn't dig and get into their loved ones. Right. Um, what was that? Gizmo knocked something off the back. Okay. Um, it's a cat. They also would bury people face down. Yes. So the thought is if you bury them face down when they came around, right, they would just go forward, right? So their spirit would go forward, which would then take them straight to hell. I'll be darned. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that one. Didn't Josh Gates do an episode uh, about Transylvania? He did. He went over there. Remember, there was like a partially open partially open grave. grave and, yeah. And when he peeked in it, a cat jumped yes. out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in, yeah, so yeah, they did that. And then uh, in Transylvania, they were finding uh, old skeletons, right? Uh with their mouths stuffed full of garlic. Yes. Or a brick. Stone. They'd stick a stone in their right. mouth. Yep. Didn't understand the stone The part. stone was to weigh them down. Oh, so they wouldn't get it out. It was a weight. Yeah. Right. Um, and then they've also found them with with spikes and impalements yeah. mm-hmm. and, and stuff yeah. like that. I want to yep. be married with a gummy bear in my mouth. <laughs> so that when I wake up and I'm like, Mm. No, one of those five-pound yeah. gummy bears. No, like, a, like, a, <laughs> those giant gummy like bears. maybe a Swedish fish. It's kind of those warm things that wake up. Just like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Rather yeah. than when you know when you wake up and you have like that chalky. Yeah. Nose okay. Well, <laughs> even earlier this year in May, um, Castle Brand, Dracula's Castle, was offering free COVID nineteen vaccinations for anyone who was brave enough to visit. Well, <laughs> I would have went just to sit, just to go. But you know, here's the here's they the were administered here's the kicker of it though teeth. is like we would have gotten out of the country, but we wouldn't have been able to get, <laughs> get back in. So yes, they were offering free COVID vaccinations there. In fact, if you go visit the castle today, um, it costs nine euros to get in just to do the tour, and it's just a self walking tour. But if you want to do like the tunnel, or if you want to see like the medieval torture instruments. Um, it's two euro extra for the medieval torture instruments and four euro extra to do the tunnel. So we're talking fifteen euro. Fifteen euro to do everything. Twenty bucks, Ben. Twenty yeah. bucks. I'm down. Like I'm in. I, I'm totally but in. What it does also it cost says to get there? it's free for disabled and or in- institutionalized guests. <laughs> I don't know um, what they're considering if, institutionalized. If, if you're institutionalized, but <laughs> why are you why are you to out? Just go tour castles. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This is free reduced admission, free access for disabled and or institutionalized guests, free access for children under seven years old. Yep. I'll be your institutionalized <laughs> guest. Like, just, just put me on the little harness and, and leash and just say he's special. <laughs> he's half price. Um, but there is... So the interesting thing is like trying to find ghosts, like hauntings of a castle, right? Oh, there's not many. There's, it's hard. There's one. Well, the thing is... is for as big of a castle as this is, have you ever seen it on Ghost Adventures? No. Uh, Ghost Hunters International. Ghost did. Hunters International did Transylvania's castle. They did Braun. They did. Did they do Braun? They did Braun. 
Season one, episode Not Transylvania. seventeen. Can you imagine though the ghost adventures people there? But like, honestly, could this fly buzzing around my head be the ghost of Vlad Dracul? <laughs> this <laughs> isn't this yeah. isn't a common castle that you see a lot of ghost investigations happening at. No, you don't. Um, there's the one from Ghost. Yeah, so Ghost Hunters International did it, and I think uh, the YouTuber exploring with Josh went there. He went there, but I don't know that they investigated or just like went on. The Maybe tour. they just don't allow it because I mean every I, place is haunted. You know, there's stuff there. Oh, there is for sure, hands down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and that's the, the the question, right? And and it might be just one of those things that you have to ask the right questions and talk to the right people, and then have some like Discovery Channel money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but uh, so the the one ghost that I found. Uh, it, Obviously, is the most famous ghost is that of of royalty. Uh, so, in 1920, uh, we talked about uh, Queen Marie moving into the castle. It's her ghost that has actually been seen in the castle. So, she ended up passing away in 1938 of cirrhosis, um, and since her death, people have seen her walking in the castle or the surrounding gardens. Didn't they put her heart in a box? That's a lovely thought. That yes, Queen Marie's yes, heart. Yes, they did. Yeah, yep. they put it in a box, and it still beats. And, and where's the box? Uh, it's in its sarcophagus. Uh, uh, two brawn. Yeah, it's, it's in the so castle. Let's see. It's, it was it placed in the into the crypt, chapel carved into the rock across the valley from the castle. Okay, yeah. so it's across so from it's the castle. Across from the castle. Yeah, the heart. Her heart. It sounds like a story. Yeah. Yeah. So. It beats under the floor. <laughs> um. And then other people claim that they have seen uh, Vlad uh, in the castle. Uh, but the locals think it's very unlikely that he's there mm-hmm. because he very rarely visited. And like, he didn't even die there. Well, yeah, no. It was just it was a strategic mountain pass for when you're going back and forth. So, I mean, just. And that's where he escaped. Because so, he lived in the country to the south, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he would, when he escaped his country to there, like he would just stop in. Type of deal. So it wasn't, he wasn't like a, I mean, if his actual castle, his main castle was standing today, that place has got to be like wickedly haunted. Yeah. Even the grounds that the place is on is, I bet you, is just awful. I bet. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's like, that's the interesting thing about, I mean, that's the castle, right? Yeah. Um, but there's some interesting, uh, things if you think about what Brahm was talking about or how, where his influences came from, right? Because we think that, you know, it's because of uh, the castle, it's because of Vlad that this book was written, right? But it's actually possible that it has nothing to do with Romania at all. So it actually could be Irish in influence. Mm-hmm. So um, that makes a lot of sense. Because he was Irish, right? If, if you know the Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so while many people believe that Dracula and vampires from Bram Stoker's book are based on Romanian folklore uh, and legends, it is possible that it comes from his home country of Ireland. So his mother, Charlotte Blake, had lived through the famine years. I think that's the potato famine years, I think. Yeah. Yep. Maybe um, the potato famine. And he told her, she told her son stories of skeletal people walking the countryside like essentially like the living dead as they were starving to death. Uh, 
And then during these famine years, there was also a particularly gruesome practice of cannibalism amongst the starving, where the blood was sucked from the dead and the nearly de- and the nearly dead. Yeah. Um, and also, his original manuscript wasn't called Dracula. What was it? The Undead. Yeah. Wow. I do remember hearing that. Um, and then... So Dracula was a zombie? Well, he was undead. He's undead. He's undead. Well, I'm... Close enough, right? I'm not dead, so that would make me undead. Uh, no, it makes you live the living. Dead or undead? The dead, the undead is the dead who still walks. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, there's a word for... Uh, the Irish word for bad or tainted blood is actually pronounced Dracula in Irish. Oh, interesting. Um, And so there's, uh, the expression is used to refer to feuds, usually referred to feuds between people and families. However, there is a legend associated to the Castle of Tainted Blood, which guards a lonely mountain pass in uh, County Kerry in Southern Ireland. This castle is believed to be inhabited by blood-drinking, shape-shifting fairies. I no longer want to go to Ireland. You fight the fairies. Fight the fairies. Fight the fairies. Fight the fairies. That's, uh, that's from Supernatural, y'all. Yeah. But you can see how, like, all of those pieces closely resemble the story, the the, the premise of Dracula. Well, it's, it's hard to find. Most things aren't new. I mean, the same stories no. get passed on and on and on. I mean, like... I'm sure Gilligan's Island was actually like some ancient story that just kind of got recycled and, you know. Yeah. And, well, probably, I don't know. And even Bram Stoker, uh, when he wrote the book Dracula, it wasn't the first vampire story. There was one written many years before. Um, and so there's the potential for that influence. Um, he, you know, H.G. Wells and other people had written books and stuff prior to him. And so. Those are all potential influences that he would have had when writing this this book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about how Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Half a Treasure Island while staying in our clan's castle. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, when you go and visit our castle, there's a room that's completely all themed in pirates and everything because that was the room he was in when he started writing Treasure Island. Awesome. It's cool. That's so cool. So, but Dracula had other castles though, right? So we, we mentioned, we, we touched on these. You said that yep. they're not standing. Let's talk about some of those. Uh, go for it, Mike. I can take, okay, so first of all, as Josh mentioned, there was uh, Ponari Castle, uh, which is known as the Ponari Citadel, and it's a ruined castle in Romania that's actually the home of Vlad the Impaler, and it's, situa- it's situated on a um, on top of a high mountain, and it's accessed by climbing 1,480 concrete stairs. I've, so we, Jamie and I watched the documentary on this castle. Yeah. It is impressive. Yeah, it's impressive to be able to climb that. It's like I'm not climbing those stairs. Well, here's the part that's impressive. Yeah, they so to build that castle, they got all the material from the little valley below. Yeah, and yeah, they had to trek it up. all the way up. That's where you would want to live, though, right? Because that's safe. It right? was. It was like, safe. It was never safe. Attack me! Come on! <laughs> but. Bring it. I'm going to bed. If you guys make it halfway up in the middle of the night. <laughs> but when he was fighting the Turks, right, um, he ended up fleeing to that castle. Yeah. Um, but it ended up becoming a problem because the people there weren't used to, uh, I mean, it was never designed for a long siege. No. And so 
And so essentially all they had to do was threaten a siege on the castle and it was going to fall because there was no way you could manage to live three, four, five years without, you know, getting out, out store supplies. It's literally on the top of a mountain. Right. It's, it's on top of the, the Mount sit. I'm not going to say it, but it sits on a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's absolutely breathtaking. Um, uh, it was constructed around the beginning of the 13th century by the Valachians. Did I say it right, Josh? Yeah. Valachians, yay! And, um, and then it changed hands several times. Different people would, would be there. And, but eventually it uh, was abandoned and left in ruins. And then in the 15th century, realizing the potential for a castle that's perched high on a steep precipice of, vlock, of rock, Vlad III, the Impaler... Uh, repaired and consolidated the structure by enslaving his enemies um, from the uh, Danubian principalities of Wallachia and Moldavia, which is where Moldavite comes from. And so when he took over the castle, it wasn't as big as it is today. No. So they actually expanded the castle to to cover the entire hilltop. Right, right. In fact, it says that uh, it made it one of his main fortresses, rebuilding the former castle Argies on the left side of the river with the stones from the older. So he actually kind of moved these stones from this castle and then rebuilt another one just to kind of make a better one. And they use what's called Byzantine construction. Right. Which uh, essentially what that is, is you build uh, a wall on on both sides. You make a form of two walls and with a gap in between. And then you fill the gap with like rubble and sand and stuff. And so you basically make a six-foot thick uh, wall like that. And because of the way it was constructed, um, that uh, that castle is actually in an earthquake zone. Mm-hmm. And it actually has survived massive earthquakes. It did. Um, it, you know, it, He died in 1476. It was abandoned again. 16th century was in ruins by the 17th century. Um, but on January 13th of 1913... A landslide caused by an earthquake brought down parts of the castle, and they crashed all the way down, down into the river below. And then two further earthquakes in the 1940s and 1977 caused further damage, and they tried to repair a little bit, you know, things that are still there, but, you know, it's pretty much just been, you can't save it. They couldn't save it. No, but it still stands. It still stands, and it's still uh, kind of considered... um, a museum, but yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's not like a restored castle. I mean, it's it's walls and stuff, but it's not. Um, yeah, it's not like it was, but so, it's still a beautiful building. I would love to go there. Um, now, there is uh, another castle that um, that well, I'm, I'm just looking at the, another legend. There was another. Um, there's lots of legends about Panari Castle um, that have survived those centuries, uh, but during the communist area and communist area in Romania, uh, there were a lot of visitors who would uh, spend the night inside this ruined structure. And there was a lady named Fatima Palavi and her husband Vincent Lee Hillier. They claimed that the night temperature was so much lower than usual inside that castle, and this is like even in July is when they were there. It was so much colder, and it smelled of rotten flowers, although there were none, and he suffered from bizarre nightmares, inexplicably contracted keratosis, 
and he got the overpowering feeling that he was being watched and actually got bitten without being physically assaulted. So, Okay. Okay, so the other castle um, that uh, is commonly associated is called the Castle Hunyadi, or also known as Castle uh, Corbin, Corbin Castle. And it's one that... It's actually the castle that he was imprisoned in when he was... Uh, captured and imprisoned by the Hungarians he was uh, kept there and John Hanyadi was the uh, Hungary the Hungry military leader he was hungry 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 John hungry yeah that's where the hungry hungry hippos game come from it's, it's named after hungry hungry John yeah no man. <laughs> don't tell lies <laughs> um, but uh, what's funny is uh, so he spent time there in the prison there later Vlad the third entered a political alliance with John Hanyadi and um, even though John was responsible for the execution of Vlad's dad, you know, the one we said was the cool dad. Yeah. And yeah. this was in, in Romania, too. It's not far from. Yeah, it's just over the border. Yeah, it's just right over the border. Um, but because of these links, the Hundiati Castle is sometimes mentioned as a source of inspiration for Castle Dracula in Bram Stoker's uh, horror novel. So, but. Um, it was also part of filming. For the nun. But in fact, apparently, John Stoker never knew about Vlad's alliance with Hanyadi or about Hanyadi's castle. Instead, Stoker's own handwritten research notes confirm the novelist imagined Dracula's castle to be situated over in Transylvania, which is, you know, near Moldavia, as we've established. Yep. Boom. Um, but as, as Terry said, uh, in uh, 2018, the castle was used as the Carta Monastery in the horror movie The Nun. The Nun. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one either. Nope. Now there's one other castle that's linked to this uh, this whole saga called Orava Castle, and that's the location where Nosferatu was filmed. Um, it's situated on a high rock above the Orava, Vila, Vila, Orava River in the village of Oravsk. No, never mind. I'm not even. It's in Slovakia, kids. Okay. <laughs> and it's considered to be one of the most beautiful castles in Slovakia. And uh, lots of films from the 1922 Nosferatu were filmed there. And that's like pretty much the first um, vampire movie that was ever made. You know, that was before yeah. he was cool and had the little um, the, the little point on his forehead. It's a silent hair. film, too. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's black and white. It's silent. black and white, silent. And that's part of the reason why it's so creepy. And it's had such a... Standing with people, yeah, and and that Dracula was my if I remember correctly was bald and kind of like gnarly looking, yeah, pointy ears, yeah, really pointy nose. It's what what, what vampires really look like, right? Instead of the suave, debonair, sexy type, yeah, like Edward. I don't think so, <laughs> but okay. Whatever, we're all about Team uh, Emmett in our house. Yes. Yeah. I love Emmett. So <laughs> forget much. Team Jacob. Forget Team Pedro, Team Edward. It's all about Team Emmett. So, all right. Well, anyway, uh, we've gone on very long, and we've probably uh, fascinated you all to death with the story of Dracula's castle. <laughs> but anyway, we appreciate you listening. Um, Absolutely. You can find us on. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Cold Spot Paranormal Research. Yeah, we also have the Paranormal Peeps podcast page there. You can find us there on Instagram, Terry. Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research. Right. 
And then uh, you can find her. I, I'm the one that runs the MySpace page. Um, <laughs> it's just called Cold, Cold Spot. <laughs> because, like, all of MySpace is available. Yeah, everybody has one. Yes. Is there really? Is that even exist anymore? I'm sure it's around. We aren't on MySpace. I was lying, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat, you got tricked. Woo-hoo. All um, right. But I'd love to give a, a shout out to uh, Broken Wings Paranormal. Uh, they invited uh, us uh, last week uh, to the Ritz Theater uh, investigation, and a couple of us went out there and had a good time with them. Um, they actually have a, a video up on YouTube of the investigation, so you can see us kind of investigating and uh, getting interviewed and having a good time. What's uh, their? Do you know what their YouTube pages? Yeah, Broken Wings Paranormal. Broken yeah. Wings Paranormal on YouTube. Out. Yep, check them out. We'll have to share Ritz, that video Ritz on Theater our social media. And, Absolutely. Yeah, Ritz Theater in Utah. Yep. Um, and then also a shout out to uh, Paranosis. Uh, they uh, they kind of gave us a, a behind the scenes uh, look into the Anson Call House in Bountiful, Utah. Um, that's a pretty uh, pretty cool place. Pretty active. Yeah, pretty active. And uh, it's got a crazy history. So um, the building uh, had a fire. Uh, because uh, the water heater basically exploded, and uh, yeah, it was it's pretty neat. But it's a very important house for the Bount- for the city of Bountiful, um, since it's the founder's house. So, um, but a huge th- shout out and thank you for letting us come in there and take a look around. Yeah, thank you. And with that, stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.